Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you five episodes a week, four of which are solo episodes with Kevin and I, and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer, of The Playbook Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of Next Level University, where we show you how to get to the next level when it comes to your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Oh, yeah. Today, for episode number 464, we are going to go deep and a little bit dark on why I wanted to kill myself at one point in my life. Actually, actually, several points in my life. So I'm going to kind of interview Kevin on this one a little bit. Uh, I have one brief brush with suicide, but it was not long. It was just a dark moment. And I ended up calling a suicide hotline, and I got a program that helped me quite a lot. Mm. But this is about you. Before, Just before we get started, um, part of this, part of the motivation for this is Mark Metry did an episode recently on this, and he said it was one of his highest-hitting episodes, which means it's helping a, lot a very you know, a high number of people. So I figured, well, again, if you see the studio, if you see me on other interviews, if you see me at the gym or whatever, wherever you see me, if you don't know my story, then you might not know the things that I've gone through. You might think that you're alone. So my goal today is... is Mostly for perspective, for you to understand, like, just because where you are, it doesn't mean you're stuck there forever. I remember Mark Metry telling us that he listened to Tim Ferriss tell his story about suicide. And that's what got him to start his show. And you, having that brush with suicide, got you to start this show. Yeah. And so, if you're out there right now, what is now your darkest moment could become your greatest moment, if you, depending on what you end up doing with it. So, when we first got into the studio today, Kevin said... You know, it's interesting. I tell my story about... Yeah, we can grab that. <laughs> no, no, we're good. I just jeffed the sound a little bit. The sound got a little off. So when we got into the studio, I talked to Kevin, and he said, it's interesting because I tell my story often about being on the bed in New Jersey and contemplating suicide, but what I don't tell people is how often I've thought about suicide mm. before that. And so uh, my first question would be, when did you start having suicidal thoughts, and question. how did you deal with them prior to the the breaking point one that you know the listeners might know i don't know i don't know when i started i i was always like very angry like i used to um i used to punch a lot of things like i i broke definitely broke knuckles like now my hands are very hard because i've punched so many hard things to the point where like i don't know that i could break this anymore but like i used to punch a lot of things i used to punch cd cases just so i could see myself bleed like I was, I think I was very tr- more troubled than I ever realized. Right. Looking back, but like, I don't know. I don't know when it first started, but I remember. I've been doing a lot of meditation. We've been doing breath work together, and we're gonna do an episode later in the week on that, or next week, whatever. Um, but it's been bringing up a lot of old memories. Right. Like I'm having clarity around things that I never knew, and I had this moment where, I remember I lived in Boston with my girlfriend. And we lived with this other couple. And it was this beautiful three-story half of a house. Like, security system, cameras, brand new everything. Amazing. Like, beautiful house. And I remember I was working at the company that I was working at, doing all the traveling. And I just remember I was the only one home one day, and I was sitting, our bedroom was in the attic. 
which was like a finished attic. It was, it was nice. I remember sitting on the bed and just feeling like empty and like sick and hopeless. And I literally was just like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And again, like at this point in my life, I had everything that, everything that you could want. Right? I had the job. I was living with my girlfriend. I had my car. I was in shape. Again, I had all the things. And I think going back, it was like, we talked about this earlier. I don't think if you're making progress, if you're, that's why you feel stuck. Because you're not, you kind of are, I don't want to say stuck. You're stagnant. Stagnant and stuck are two different things. Right. And I think if you're stagnant means you're temporarily not yeah, moving forward. But you assume right now is the way it's going to feel forever. Exactly. And I told you this earlier, like, and I completely forgot this entire part of my life. My girlfriend and I literally broke up. I stayed living with her, sleeping in the same bed, buying groceries together, like literally. And then I ended up looking for a place in New Hampshire by myself. I didn't get the apartment for some reason. I don't know why. Probably a, a blessing, honestly in disguise, but I completely forgot about that. I completely forgot about well, that. Well, you lived with Leah in New Hampshire at one point, right? Yeah. We literally broke up. I plan on moving to New Hampshire by myself. We ended up getting back together, and then we bought, or didn't buy, we, we rented a place together. In retrospect, probably not the best idea ever. Obviously, if you're going through a breakup, you probably shouldn't move in together. But again, I didn't know anything compared to what I know now. I had never read a book on relationships. I would never read a book. I would never listened to a podcast. I didn't know what podcasts were. Right. At that time. Right? So like, but I just remember that, I don't know how to explain it. If you've ever experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. It was just this empty, hopeless, like, I don't, defeated. Like, I just wanted to give up. I didn't, I didn't want to continue because I felt like it was going to be like that forever. Hmm. Genuinely. Knowing what you know now, why, do, why, what would have, if anything, what would have gotten you to realize that that's not the case? Like, what does someone in that place need, man? Therapy. I, I went. I went to therapy. Okay. I went to therapy, and we talked about some things about my past, and, like, you know, I have certain traumas and possible PTSD and stuff like that. Um, Isn't it a trip how, like, at one point we... That was such a big deal for you, probably. Oh, it was terrifying. Go, like, that, that was probably... Yeah. yeah, it was hard. Whereas I, now, it's like, yeah, of course It was Boston. Like, I was driving around downtown Boston trying to park on a main like on a busy street trying to find a therapist's office I'd never been to therapy and I remember the first time I went I was bawling my eyes out I was like oh god this is brutal but it's it's something I ended up really enjoying right like when Leah and I broke up and I lived in New Hampshire I went to therapy like I, there was a therapist down the street I went there three or four times it was hard with my schedule but I always liked going I always felt way better after I don't know I, I think it's because I didn't have a purpose I literally went to work came home and did the same thing and like I just felt like this has got to be more than this but I didn't believe there was more than this I think I hoped that there was more than what was but I didn't know what it was I didn't know how to get it I didn't know if I could get it I didn't have any belief in therapy um, you always felt better after therapy Yeah, I would argue one of the reasons is you <clears throat> finally expressed your truth to For yourself sure. and we do that regularly you know I'm asking you questions right now you're expressing yourself I think you know and you've heard me say the suppression of self-expression it's interesting because we're around a bunch of people who ask questions all the time. We ask each other questions all the time. We're always yeah. digging deep into like what's going on in here. You know, every week, all the time, multiple times a week, team call, all that. Our whole life is designed around that. But it wasn't. It at wasn't one point. At one point. So when you went to therapy, try to put yourself in the mindset of someone who was going to therapy for the first time. 
Because I remember when I went to therapy with one of my exes, it was like couples counseling. Mm. And I remember being like, that was fire. That was really good. That yeah. was like really helpful. <clears throat> and let's put ourselves back in the mindset of like what it was like to not express our truth and not be vulnerable. Like where it isn't cool to talk about your feelings because you're like, mm. you know, I've been in environments where this one person in particular, I'll keep this anonymous, nearly impossible for him to talk about his feelings. And the only way he ever does is if he gets really drunk. Mm. And I remember when I first, he was really drunk one time and he started talking to me finally about how he really feels. And I remember being like, holy crap, this is the first time I've ever really heard you be vulnerable and like talk about what you're really going through. And I knew you weren't happy. I knew on the surface, I mean, I look at, you know, the way you live your life and stuff and it's like, you're not happy, but it was the first time you ever admitted it to me. And it's an interesting thing. So what would you tell someone who still thinks that way? I think we're all guilty of that. Like, dude, when I used to drink, I could make friends with anybody. Like, I could... It's literally a running joke. Like, if you send me into a bar drunk, I will come out with at least several guy friends. Like, I'm really good at making friends when I drink because I'm super upbeat and I just want to talk to people. But what part of... Like, that's part of me that has always been inside. I was just afraid to unleash. Right. Right? That's when we went to Brendan Bashar. That's why I felt like I belonged because I could actually be drunk, but I could be sober. I could actually like where it's encouraged. It's that yeah, and encouraged. again, you and I do things that would require some people to drink. Like when we say, "Hey, man, I love you," or we cry together. How many, t- dude? In my past, I would have to be drunk for that for for sure. Some of my my old friendships, my old relationships, I'd have to be drunk. Yeah, I'd have to be drunk for that to happen because it's not expected or understood or appreciated or valued. So I think. I don't know, did I answer the question? I don't remember what the question was. No, I think that's fire. I, it's interesting because I used to have a lot of heart-to-hearts when I would drink too. Yeah. But it usually was a heart-to-heart after a night of drinking. And what happened the next day? You forgot, you pretended like it never happened because you can't now. Like, we're sober. We can't talk about what we talked about last night. Interesting. I don't know if I did that fully, but I do think there was a, an, definitely some of that. Yeah. Definitely some of that. It's almost like the the drinking brought the walls down enough to actually talk about yeah. stuff. You know, and I've seen some people cry when they were drunk that I've never seen them cry when they were sober. It's just fear. It's crazy. It's just fear. So the question was, you go to therapy and it's so weird to put yourself back there because it's like, oh, wow. At one point we didn't understand any of this. What, what would that version of Kevin or someone out there who doesn't like live this next level life, what do they need to hear to, to at least open that first door? To get into therapy? To to get into the idea of like talking about how you feel, how you really feel, and your truth and like what's going on and is like a good thing. I honestly, and again, I'm not a professional, so I, I can't give professional advice, but I would say like you talking about it is only gonna help. Right. Really. Can really only can you get like triggered and can you have like flashbacks and stuff? Sure. But you're already triggering yourself, most likely. I, I wanted to be the tough guy. I didn't, I didn't. People don't want to seem weak. No, and that, I'm just the same way. Dude, shout out to Leah. Leah's the one who got me to go to therapy. She said, hey, I think you should go to therapy. Like, she's the one who told me that. Right. So if she didn't point me in the direction, I don't know if I would have gone. I don't know what I would have done. Why do you think people don't want to seem weak? Because, okay, I was in the gym and I was limping because of my groin. And I, I felt like less of a capable human because i'm not fully it's almost like an animal that that's wounded yeah. can get killed it fe- it's fear it's like a survival mechanism of like i can't 
protect myself and my girlfriend as well as I would normally if I was fully capable. And I think that's a very primal, natural mm. thing. You know, it's like if you see a gazelle that's wounded, it's probably going to get eaten, right? Yeah. And I think that we still have that running in the background. And if we're not aware of it... I think it's judgment. I, here Again, here I am, a tattooed bodybuilder who loves fighting, or watching fighting, right? I don't like physically fighting. Um, and I'm, I'm suicidal, or I'm asking for help, or I'm crying in a therapist's office, or I am having these weird thoughts, like... I feel like you, I don't know, I didn't think it, I didn't think it lined up with who I was supposed to be. That's a powerful thing. Yeah. I, that wasn't what my identity, I was the tough guy. I was the, I was the, the tough guy. That's who I was. Never quit. Like I've ne never quit tattooed on my arm. You know, it's not, I'm not supposed to feel the way I feel. Ladies and gentlemen, have you ever been afraid to tell your friends or your family what you really wanted out of life? It's clear that you want to get to the next level. Join our private Facebook group. In that private Facebook group, you're going to get around a growth-minded, like-minded community who all have goals and dreams. That way you won't feel alone, you can be vulnerable, you can be understood, and again, there's nothing more important than getting on a winning team. To join Next Level Nation, just click the link in the show notes. I was listening to a, a Tony Robbins motivational video earlier, and he said, when did you decide? And it's interesting, because this is synchronistic, because he also mentioned when you drink... It's like you finally have permission to actually be yourself. Mm. Whereas before, you're always trying to put on this this cloak of identity. So, for example, if you got labeled and treated as the tough guy, and you got a lot of rewards for that, it's almost like you're just, every time you got rewarded and validated for that, he says this, the most, the strongest part of the human condition is our need to stay consistent with who we believe we are. Mm. And so if you believe you're a podcaster, you'll need to stay consistent with that. Like, I wasn't feeling well today, and I could not not show up today because I believe that I am consistent. And this is eventually subconscious. But for you, it's like, when did you, and for anyone listening, when was the last time you actually looked into, like, who you actually are? Mm. And, and maybe at one point you decided that I'm good at math or you decided that I'm really smart. Is that How much of that is keeping you from being vulnerable and saying, I don't know yeah. with this. I know a lot of people who consider themselves very intelligent and because of that, they can never ask a dumb question. They can never put down their ego and ask you for advice because they define themselves mm -hmm. subconsciously as intelligent. So I think identity plays a huge part of this. Even to go what you were talking about, and this is an interesting take, yeah, you can be authentically yourself when you're drinking as long as you're hanging out with people who are drinking. That's the thing. It levels the playing field. It lowers expectations. It allows... It kind of... Like, if I, if you and I are drinking together, and I don't think we've ever actually drank together, maybe once or twice ever, <laughs> um, it's, it's almost accepted that, like, Kevin's going to be a little weird tonight. Like, when Kevin's drunk, what does he do? Okay, he's a little violent, right? Like, when I, drink, when I used to drink hard liquor, I was somewhat violent. I like I wanted to fight. I just did. I did. that's why I, for a long time I didn't drink hard liquor and I still barely drink. I have whiskey every once in a while, but I think it's because you're around other people who are also drinking. If you're the only drunk person in a group of sober people, you're probably going to act a little bit different. If you're the only sober person in a group of drunk people, you're going to be annoyed at how touchy-feely or how like you know what I mean? I do. I used to and this is hard for me to even say, but back in college when I would uh, when I was doing my master's degree, I quit drinking for 3 months. 
Which is interesting because back then that was like a huge Herc- Herculean feat. That was like, holy crap, you quit. Dr- and I, all I did was lift every day and do my MBA. And business to me came very naturally. Engineering was very hard. And I used to go out still every weekend. We would go and party at the fraternities, Manu and I. And that's actually where I met Courtney. I've told that story. And I used to actually have a beer can with water in it. I didn't want to not have a beer can because I noticed when I was talking to girls or guys or anybody they would be uncomfortable if I wasn't drinking. Mm. And so I would pretend to drink because I didn't want them to be uncomfortable. Now, I would never do that now because that's just kind of s- silly to appease to that level. But I remember literally when I would eventually get to know these this girl or these girls or whatever. Um, I was meeting a lot of girls back then, honestly. And I remember I would eventually tell them, like, honestly, I'm sober. Like, this is water in here. I just, it makes people uncomfortable when they drink and I don't want them to feel bad for drinking around a sober guy. And I think that my intentions were pure, but now I know like that that's not a good reason mm. to put, well, I used to put water, I used to go fill my beer can with a water, Bud Light can with a, with a water. And it's like, because it's so interesting. It's like at a fraternity party, you're supposed to have beer, you're supposed to drink. And so how much was I conforming without even knowing it, man? I think, it, I think everybody is. Dude, the tough guy thing, like, I've always been that. I know. It, I, it's not even that I decided. I know. I was in better, like, I had muscles a lot earlier than other people. Right. And I remember in high school, even the kids, like, the good fighters in our grade always said, like, oh, I'd never mess with Kevin. I didn't want that. I, didn't, I never, I never, you never did any chose of that. that. You no. just got about, yeah. And then, that, like, you get valued for being tough. Like, I wore that as a badge of honor. Like, I could take a beating. You've heard me say that before. I know. Right? Now that's, I'm the resilient guy. Never quit. I've, I've leaned into it even more. All, all, where, wherever you put your identity, and I wanted to tell this story, and we'll go briefly, because I know we got to go here, but the elephant in the circus is a massive elephant. Yes. And he's tied to a rope with a stake in the ground, and you know that that three ton or four ton or whatever elephant could easily rip that stake out of the ground and bring down the whole tent, but it just sits there. Why? Because when it was a little baby elephant, they put a big stake in the ground, a rope around its neck, and it fought and it fought and it fought, and it's now conditioned. Now it doesn't believe that it can get out of the, um, you know, the, the reins, and so now it doesn't even try, even though it easily could. I think that's what we're all doing all the time when you were younger you were conditioned to be a certain way you just were if you're human and now you can break rip that stake right out of the ground it's so hard it is so hard i i just had another like i used to watch fake wrestling and they used to hit each other with chairs and i used to like let my cousin do that like he would just hit me in the face with a chair like dude i just didn't it didn't that was like what i was i was just like i wanted to be a wrestler and then i wanted to be a fighter it's like you have to be tough, right? Like you have to be. Right. That's always been that's always been what I wanted to be. So I think that that's I mean that goes into the identity of why I would feel weak going to somebody. Where what would you have needed to hear to shift that? Probably that like sometimes the greatest strength is showing your weakness. Really. It's like, almost like someone has to do it first, man. Pr- like you have to see somebody do it first or somebody has to Somebody has to like suggest it. That's why. That's one of the reasons I wanted to do this because I don't want. If you're watching or listening and you've never heard me say anything about suicide, you might not have any clue. 
Like you see me do the intro and I'm all happy and jolly. And for the most part, now I'm really happy and jolly. I genuinely am. Right. But I wasn't always. And like I've been through some things. I've had some moments. I've had some dark times. I think we all have. Yeah. Um, but I thought those dark times were forever. And I almost literally almost made them forever because I almost took my life in those moments. And my goal for this was perspective of like, if you guys look up to us in any way, shape, or form, if you look up to me, if you've ever talked to me, whatever, whatever. I, at one point, didn't want to be here. I didn't like, like who I was. I definitely didn't. I wasn't proud of the person I was, my identity. So wherever you are is not where you have to be. It's not final. It's not final. Yeah. You see Kevin and I here, but like you don't see us really in those tough moments like alone in bed or whatever just sitting there like how am i hell am i gonna deal with this yeah we're going through this rebrand like guys that's hard as hell right it's hard as hell we did 460 episodes as the hyperconscious podcast this is episode number technically two of (laughs) next level university but we it's it's the first one where we had this up like we have I'm, i'm pointing the artwork on the tv for those listening like it's just it's a lot it's a lot. We did a live mastermind before we recorded this episode. Like, there's a lot of things, but I'm trying to do a better job of pulling back the curtain on what is. Like, I don't want. We used to say that a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I don't. I don't want. I th- many things. I don't want people to think this is easy, and like, oh, it's all sunshine and rainbows. It's not. A lot of times it is. Even the dark days are better than the good days used to be. Right, I used to love Fridays because I get, used to get to, to go home. I don't care what day it is anymore. I, I like all days because they're all pretty much the same. Right, right. But there's still days where it sucks. I've been broke. I've been negative. I've been single. I've been heartbroken. I've felt hopeless. I felt trapped. Like all of those things, it, that happens. But I'm trying to pull back the curtain. Like even my social media posts, like showing us in the old days before the studio. Like don't forget that before the studio, the studio didn't exist. Like we were in a basement. And we were in a bedroom. And we were in a living room, right? Like, that all is not that long ago. I know. And if I forget it, of course you guys are going to forget it too. If I forget how hard it was, how much things have changed in the last six months. Think about that. I know. If I I forget, forget they are too. I forget what it's like to be hungover. I used to hate my hangovers and all that. It's crazy. That's my goal for this. Like, I don't... I don't want to say I don't care where you are. I do care so, so, so very much where you are. But if you don't like where you are, it's not forever. Like, it's not it's not forever. And that's what we're trying to bring with this or, or 460 episodes of the Hyperconscious Podcast. Again, the content's not really going to change. The name did, just so we can help more people. But it's not forever. Talk to somebody. Like talk to You can reach out to me. You can reach out to Alan. I'll try to help you as much as I can. I'm not a professional. I will always advocate for therapy because therapy was there for me and it helped genuinely so important it helped at one level so kevin and i are are always trying to get to the next level and we're trying to help you do the same at one level kevin hated his life enough to really feel hopeless enough to want to actually end it and that's the level at one point that he was playing at yeah and at one point i was in my car i'll never forget it in my old house and I had just gotten home from a long night, and I literally was so like sobbing and so depressed and so upset that I called a suicide hotline and asked for help. And the lady on the phone connected with me, and she was so sweet, and she talked about how she used to have suicidal thoughts, or she used to be super depressed, and you know she used to have alcohol abuse and all that stuff. 
And she sold me a program, and that program was literally all mental health stuff. Yeah. And then I went through the CDs. I used to listen to them before bed, and I, I still have the program. And it really did. It changed my life. And all it really was, I remember I carried a card around in my pocket, you know, that was like a, a daily affirmation of like, you're going to get through this today. This too shall pass, that kind of stuff. Mm. And it's interesting to go back to that because it's like, I was that unhappy. I don't even know if unhappiness is the right word. I don't think it's happy. I don't know what it is, but it's, I don't think it's happiness. It's almost like you're depressed. Well, kinda. that's, it's definitely what it is. Yeah. It's definitely what it is. And it, it felt, it did feel hopeless. You know what was really hard is trying to drop my ego and not, again, this is in hindsight, but like, I feel like I had trouble calling for help yeah. because I had to admit to myself that I couldn't do it myself, which was the hardest thing. But once I did that, it opened up this whole world for me. Yeah. You know? And so I think that's the thing. Like, your identity is probably holding you back from going and getting help. Probably. Because you want to believe that you don't need help, which is just nonsense, by the way. It's it's, just, at the end of the day, I think, tr- like, true strength comes from admitting your weakness. I think that's... I know. Strength is not carrying the burden of whatever you're carrying. Like, that's not necessarily strength. It probably, It probably feels like that's what strength is, but opening up to somebody is... It's difficult, but it's worth it. And that's what real strength is. And that's the way to heal. That's the way to heal. This is synchronistic. Literally the last thing I said. Yeah, we got to go quick. No BS. We're going to go over here. I thought this earlier. True strength is having the courage to show your weakness. Yes, I agree. And I thought that earlier in my room. And I was feeling that way too because of the ear infection and the the leg and all that. But uh, yeah. Fire. Ladies and gentlemen, this was technically episode number two of Next Level University. We went a little bit deep here. But again, my main goal for this is for you to connect with my story so yours doesn't end up like mine. Or it does in the best way. I want this to be as much perspective as possible because, again, it's easy for me to look back now, but it wasn't in that moment. And if you're in that moment, I want to be... I want to be the light that you can see in the darkness. That is my goal. One thing for them to get to the next level. One thing for you to get to the next level. The biggest strength is showing your weakness. I stole yours, but... That's fine. That's fine. Biggest thing to get to the next level, go ask for help. What are we doing for the next episode? Remember? Why you're not happy. Ah, yes. We're going to talk about the tripod of happiness and such. So that, that actually goes quite well into this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you on Friday. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.